Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. We got ourselves a blasty. How do you feel about that, Chris? Well, fuck. You know, um, <laughs> as, as being the number one fan of that emblem slash jersey. Back to you, Dylan. <laughs> I almost bought myself a Michael Stone jersey, actually. Uh, right. I was on the website looking at the new Blasty jersey. And at the same time, Stone resigned. I just don't know if Stone's going to play in any of the games that uh, those, that jersey's active for. So I, that's the only reason I didn't. I, I hope not, because it would tarnish um, what is a very serviceable career that... Uh, uh, an absolute pro is 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 built for himself um i don't know why you hate it so much you're just an old grumpy man old grumpy man i'm telling you man like the 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 late 90s and the early 2000s were were not a great time for flames fans and and that that emblem just reminds me of those days fair Uh, enough that's i mean always been my take on it um i i actually prefer the the side profile that's happening with the Wranglers jersey to oh, be honest with you. That's beautiful, isn't it? It is nice. I I do like that one. Um not as an alternate for the Flames, but I think an alternate for the uh for the for the AHL affiliate. Um It's I'm not happening on the front of their jersey, is it? It's happening on the side. I do believe. Yeah. It's a shoulder patch. Yeah. You know what I think that would look really good with actually and it's not even you're going to hate it because it, it's mediocre years. But I think the side profile blasty would look fucking sexy in on the pedestal jersey. Ooh. Simmer down now. Jeez. It's that like took a turn. piling losing on losing. Yeah. Like <laughs> hey, hey Chris, how do you feel about blasty? Oh, I don't like it. Here, how about I kick you in the nuts? I don't like that either. <laughs> but honestly, like as as a look, do you think that would look good? Um, um, <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> I love it as a patch on the shoulder, okay, fair enough. Um, anyways, I ended up getting a Rasmus Anderson jersey because he's going to dress for some of those games, and I love Raz. Who doesn't? Yeah, yep, absolutely. No, Stone, you know, we're we're all excited about Stone signing yet another year um you know we all thought that uh it was it was going to be happening sooner than later i'm actually kind of surprised with how long it took but with with our cap situation brad had to make some moves and send people down uh even had to send somebody on waivers that we actually didn't quite expect um which is which is kind of unfortunate with him because he was just uh having an interview 20 minutes beforehand talking about how happy he was that he had made the team. <laughs> I know that's, that's a little awkward, isn't it? It's super awkward, but it is what it is, right? It's the business, yeah. business of hockey. Um, yeah. Obviously in, in my opinion, I'd much rather have stone there. Um, and, and I'm actually kind of happy that Mackie's still kicking around and, and we'll, we'll uh, likely get into some games this year. 
I think moving forward, you know, next year, year after that, Mackey's obviously going to be uh, part of the team um, as as they progress through the years, opposed to Stone, because he is getting you know up there in age. Not that he's starting to drop off now, but I think as far as an actual plan uh, for the Flames moving forward, Mackey's going to uh, effectively steal those those minutes and probably some more because you know we'll we'll end up with some yeah uh, changes like- on the back end. As good of a attitude as Stone has, there's only so many years he's going to be okay with signing a PTO and proving himself when he's proved himself already. I know. And and that's just going to continue yeah. happening, I feel like, unfortunately, even though he's proved himself. I I I I've said this I said this many years ago. I don't know if I've repeated it to you. I honestly think that every player should be on a PTO every year. Oh man, and that, make, it makes so much sense though, because right? you, you get a one. So many contract. players like slack off, honestly, <laughs> in the yeah. preseason. Well, and that's that's even uh, Stone said that after uh, the announcement yesterday in his interview. There, you know, you know now that now that you signed, you don't you don't necessarily have to work so hard. And he and he laughed and he goes, "I'm I'm not one of those." contracts where i don't have to continue to bust my ass right or work hard i think he's exactly and and it's funny he said that because who do you figure he was throwing under the bus there i don't know because because that's definitely a throwing somebody under the bus thing james neal (laughs) it it felt like it was um it could potentially have been players that are no longer with the organization i mean i mean it's purely speculation who knows who he was talking about right i mean he was probably talking about Michael Backlund. No, <laughs> Maybe kidding. you know how much he's I love Michael. <laughs> he's a hell of an interview, though Stone. Honestly, he he's he's he doesn't hold back shit. Like unless he absolutely has to. Like the other day when some somebody, I think it was Logan Gordon, was asking him, like, "Is there anything you need to tell us about your future?" And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> but like that's because he knew he w- he was signed he no. just needed somebody to be sent down or claimed or or whatever the situation was right yeah um yeah. but i'm really looking forward to having him on pp2 um like we were saying earlier i think he's a good fit on pp2 because it's not so much of a puck possession power play unit it's more of a trash and bang for rebounds and like Lucic and and Backland and guys who are just right next to the net who are gonna you know take quick little shots after the rebound and and you know Stone's shot isn't gonna get held on but to by many goalies. Yeah. I mean as as it is right now the second power play unit um is listed to have Mangiapani, Backland, Dubé, Hannafin and Uyghur on it. Um, I mean, I would, <laughs> I I would myself change uh, Stone with number fifty-five personally. Me too. Um, I think Stone and Weger could actually be a pretty deadly combo uh, on the back end, shooting the puck. Um, that being said, I'd also make a change uh, for uh, either left or right wing as well on the power play. Um, and put somebody like Luch in front of the net. Somebody a little bit more difficult. You don't have Luch on there, eh? No. I, I 
because he's been on there like for two two or three years yeah i don't understand why they like maybe it's listed wrong or maybe they're just going to try something wrong or i mean i mean dube had a pretty a pretty solid camp he had a really good camp yeah yeah so i mean if nothing else potentially right now sutter's wait a second say that again uh dube had a solid camp okay I, I like it when you give Dubé credit. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him credit when it's there. 100%. <laughs> I will absolutely do that. He's he plays for the Flames, right? Yeah. Um. So I think Sutter's likely giving him, you know, giving him that extra that extra bet to reward him for the camp that he had, which is good. That's what you're. That's the whole point of the camp, in my opinion, right? So yeah, like you were saying, it's tryouts for everyone. That's right. For everyone. For everyone, exactly. You get put where you deserve. That's right. And if, you know, if things start dropping off as far as at least on the power play unit, then yeah, you go back to, to Lucher. I mean, I mean, I, I would honestly even put Lewis in that position as well to somebody with really good net front presence, big body, big body. Yeah. Veteran. Because honestly, like Manjin Dubé, like as like they're more skilled than Luch and Lewis, but they're, they're also like they get pushed around four inches shorter and yeah. And yeah, they <laughs> they they both get pushed around on a nightly yes. basis, yes. right? So it's, it's not exactly who you want to have planted in front of the net per se. Yeah. I exactly. mean, they're good good at digging pucks out of corners. I'll give them that, right? But yeah, but digging Dig pucks it, out of the corner back to the point is, all is over. great. But if you're if you're gonna get it back to the line and have them shoot with with nobody in front to screen, it's a wasted effort. Yes, honestly, I think that. To fully should be on the second. And like I'm not even you know that I'm not even a huge fan of Manj being a first liner or whatever, but I think that he should be a first power play over to Foley. Because he tries harder and he's faster. Mm. Um and I feel like he's a lot like I have a I have a huge problem with Tofoli's foot speed. Um, I especially on the power play, I feel like just the fact that Manj could catch up and corral a pass. Um, I I think one of the one of the issues that I would have with that is is making the second unit not even as good as they are now as a second unit. I I personally would rather have Coleman take over to Foley spot on the power play. Oh, that works. Yeah, no, no, that works fucking perfectly. Just and, something, and then, somebody that's less slow and mm-hmm. like Toffoli four checks fine, but slow. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he gets in there, he's good. It's just a matter of him getting in there. Whereas Coleman gets in there every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah, he gets dirty. He would be good in front of the net. He doesn't mind being pushed around, but he's he, he's going to stand his ground, right? Yeah, and I and I also like we were about... talking about with Toff on the on the second pairing or on the second PP unit, um, that's going to be a crash and bang one, and he doesn't you know, as slower as he is, he's not going to get pushed over as easy as these two guys. Yeah, yeah, that's right well done sir yeah can you do that again what guys 
right. <laughs> we'll never do that again. Um, no. <laughs> so everybody remember that we have a Spotify, so you don't have to look at my stupid face. <laughs> and there goes our viewers. Um, <laughs> so other giant news over the last few days, Yuso Balamaki is now playing for who? He's playing in a college uh, arena now, isn't he? He is. And from what I hear from, um, was it Steinberg, I think, said that he ran into him or went to the airport or something to, to talk to him because I guess they're friends. And oh, yeah. he said that like he, he, you can see the sense of relief on his face. Like he, he needed a fresh start. And um, I know a lot of people are upset with the fact that we didn't get anything back. But to me, at this point in Yusuf Valamaki's career and where he's at, and knowing the Flames' defensive depth and the fact that we were going to have to send somebody on waivers, um, we would have had to give somebody like a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick to get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, before we sent him down. So the fact that Arizona just took him for free is almost a blessing to me. Yeah. I mean, he, he you know, drafted in the, in the first round. 16th. There, there, there was extremely high hopes for his career, his ability, his game. Um, uh, unfortunately, he had that injury, which, I mean, it would have would set back anybody. Uh, oh, absolutely. With that leg injury. Um, yep. And then and then he had another injury, right? So he had the major one, and then he had a minor one. Um, and then he missed the COVID year. That's right. Yes. And then struggled to even keep minutes on the second pairing in the A. And honestly, like, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I watched the last, was it two or three games um that the Stockton Heat played last year against the Chicago Wolves um in their playoffs and Valamaki was like not even unnoticeable but like noticeably bad yeah and i'm like when i was watching that i was trying to find positives i was paying attention to him specifically trying to find positives because I remember when he was drafted and I remember the year after and when he came in in the playoffs against Colorado and was our best fucking defenseman at that in in that series or in in the games that he played and he was just bad in the AHL last year like noticeably bad and it was really unfortunate because i was trying to you know see well, something good <laughs> yeah i mean you're exactly you're trying to look at positives or look for positives but um you know like he, he wasn't he couldn't even make it on the power play number one the penalty kill number one unfortunately with with our depth which is weird because you know two three four defensemen actually jumped over him in the in the charts yep um you know it is what it is you know and you know and what was he making 1.5 1.55 1.55 yep. 
So, I mean, like that's, that's a big hit against the cap, right? When, yep. when it comes to a team that is so close and we needed money to sign stone, who was actually going to play NHL minutes this year. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, is like the Calgary flames five years ago, four years ago, would have it would have been good to keep Valamaki if we were in this position five years ago. Yeah. Or sorry, if we were in five years ago position now, because he's a project at this point. Yeah. Right. He and but where we are now is in a win now mode, and we don't have cap space for one point five million dollars. On a second pairing AHL guy, you know, not obviously that wouldn't count against our cap if he cleared, but that's what he is. And if he was on the NHL, you know, he would have been $1.5 million. And that's just too much money for a guy who probably wouldn't have even played a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he did, it is way too much, right? Yeah. Like, Again, we're win now. Stone is a proven commodity. Mackey has proven to be more steady than Valamaki and more um, confident, honestly, than Valamaki. Mm-hmm. And having those two essentially at the same price combined as Valamaki is way better. Yeah, 100%. Um, and even if you look at the way his his contract was structured, uh, one point five five. If he's playing uh, for the Flames, if he's playing in the minors, he's making two mil. How the fuck, right? <laughs> because last year he was only making one point one. Uh, so effectively, he's still making the same amount of money, whether he's playing for for the A or for the NHL. But they just broke it up a little bit differently. So, like, could you imagine paying? Your second line or second pairing defenseman two mil in the A? No, no. absolutely not. Like it's 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 a weird one, right? I mean, I, we we all I expected wish and hoped hoped that you know it didn't go the way it did. We though you and I were both clamoring to potentially get extreme value for him two three years ago. We were. Um, and unfortunately we didn't and so we lost him to waivers yeah see and yeah i just want to throw it out there that due to this whole thing uh, a couple years ago our buddy steve still owes me a valamaki jersey that i don't want um (laughs) (laughs) i mean you could always take the 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 name played off i mean there's there's always room for improvement on a jersey well, number six, right? I've, so, like, I've got a thirteen and a nineteen hanging up here that I'm going to have to change. Yeah. Well, I mean, and number six isn't hard to change. I mean, I could just put Weidman on there, and it would be more, at least, better than Valamaki, if not, if not good. That's that's terrifying. Um, obviously, I would go with Sarchi. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. I was just trying to to make a and you know. A point about how bad Valamaki. You were just trying to be a jerk, and we yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, obviously, I love Sarich a fuckload more than Weidman, and yeah. I, I honestly don't hate Weidman. <laughs> I don't hate Weidman either. He made a shitty decision on the ice, and it kind of cost the Flames for a little bit, but and cost him his career. Right. I'm more. I'm more 
interested and more worried about what he did to my organization. Yeah. And I think that's an overblown <laughs> thing. I think that might've been a thing that happened for like 10, 15 games, but not this, like every time a bad thing happens ref wise to the flames to this day, people are still like, Oh, it's the Weidman effect. And it's like, uh, no refs are just how, stupid. How long was, <laughs> was that? Like eight years ago, nine years ago. I want to say six, seven, something like that. You're close. Can't even remember when that was. Yeah, no, you're right. But I I always always thought that if something happened as far as the refs, it was Batman's fault. He doesn't want Canadian teams, right? Uh, Yeah, that's an overblown thing too. No, no, it's accurate. Don't be don't be like that. No, the no the Canadian Canadian teams just haven't been good enough to win the cup. It's not that. Batman doesn't want the Canadian team to win the cup. No. no. Shut up, Chris. The, the Flames won in 04. What do you mean not good enough? <sighs> so so uh, <laughs> while, while, uh, while Dylan walks away, um, I'm probably uh, thinking we should just take a quick break for our sponsor so we can... We shall. So we can uh, think about what just happened and come back stronger and better than ever. Seeing a few people. I hate you so much. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. I'm definitely doing it the next uh, Battle of Alberta. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age, some restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Well, Chris... The head coach signed an extension. And for me, that's a great sign because he came here to win. And he probably wouldn't have signed an extension. In fact, I'll I'll put words in his mouth. Don't tell him I did. But um, he absolutely wouldn't have signed an extension if he didn't see the pieces. Yeah. 
I mean, he, he did say he was coming in to win and he, he had the three year deal. Um, so I would say that he, in his vision, um, he truly thinks that we're, we're in win now mode and potentially may need a year or two to make that happen. And he clearly wants to be part of it and, and thinks, thinks this group moving forward, it has, has the pieces, which, I mean, obviously as fans, we all think that as well. Um, I'm truly excited for the season that's about to, about to happen. Because I, I think we are better on paper than we were last year. And last year we looked pretty damn good on paper. Absolutely. Um, well, this could honestly to start the season we didn't. No. I mean it wasn't it wasn't super strong, but you also gotta think, you know, we had a top line that were just kind of starting off together. They ended up being the best uh best line in hockey with yeah. three three career years and you know, all that fun stuff. So obviously point production, you know, they were really assisting with that. Um we had a a guy on our second, third, uh, in, in Mangiapani that had a career year for, for at really least two months, up. right. Really stepped up and then had, had a career quarter of months. Year. Yeah. <laughs> career, a couple of months for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, me, I, I just, I, I'm just poking fun because, you know, he was amazing, uh, through, uh, the first two and a half months of the season and then kind of dropped off into nothingness. But about that, yeah. But uh, that being said, I mean, it's going to take a little bit, I think, for the uh, for the top line to to figure their their stuff out. It's going to take a little while for Lindholm to know exactly where to be or or know where to be looking when Huberdo has a vision when he's skating up the ice because he just makes it happen, right? I feel like not to do well exactly to do the comparison that everybody always does but i feel like with gaudreau and huberto they're like very close to the same amount of elite when it comes to passing but they're different kinds of passers you know what i mean like yeah. gaudreau is more of a passing off of puck possession type of a guy whereas huberto is more of a one touch type of things so i feel like like yeah it's just gonna have to be more snappy um yeah. for, for puck reception for the other guys that's true that's very true where yeah. you know gaudreau a lot of his passing was purely out of need because he wanted to get out of a situation <laughs> but he was a lot very, of it yeah right but he was very good at it right even, you know even if he was he just held it too long yeah Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he does. He did some really amazing things for the puck. We we got to see it live. It, it was super exciting, super fun. Where oh, it's amazing I, to watch. It really I, is. I believe that Huberdo more is more on purpose. You know what I mean? Like like the passes. He that sees he's what's making, happening. Yeah, faster. He's, it's he's it's hard to explain. He sees what ha what's happening faster than Gaudreau, and, and yeah. I yeah when when he's receiving the puck or or getting the puck, whatever the case may be, you can tell that he's already made a decision and he knows what the next move is, opposed to Gaudreau always had a move, but if it didn't work out, he would dish it off. Yeah, it's right? like 
it's like Gaudreau, like if they were playing chess, let's say, Gaudreau was more of a thinking about what he was going to do next, whereas whereas um, Huberto is more of a thinking about where the opponent's going to be in, in three turns from now. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's in, in the industry in which I, I work in. Um, we call that the difference between being proactive and reactive. I like that. Yep. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. You should be- talk to my bosses about that. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Anyways. I think, uh, I think any good boss or leader will uh, already know that theory and work within it. <clears throat> um, keyword good. Anyways, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> so speak. Actually, I hope they are. Fuck it. Speaking of speaking of proactive good leaders, you know. So what did what did Daryl sign? Two years, right? I believe so. Yep. So that makes it the rest of this year, and then two more. Yep. So that's good. And also, there's talk of the the fact that Brad potentially may have also signed an extension. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's actually been reported though. Have you seen? He was anything? talking about it on 960 yesterday at like just as Flamestock was ending. Oh, okay. Or sorry, as the Francis show was ending. Fuck sakes. So, and he was like, he basically said like, we've got the players done, we've got the coach done. Now we're going to work on me, basically. Like to paraphrase, uh, so okay. they're working okay. on it. Okay, so I think, you know, which is which is a good order to do that in if you're a GM, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to actually extend your contract, you should probably make sure the team is good. Yeah, that's you know, that's probably a good way to go about business. Um, I I think, in my heart of hearts, that he'll end up being the same extension as Sutter. I feel like. It's the core, like, not the core, but the the window that they've built Mm -hmm. is, I mean, I think Sutter deserves probably, we'll see, but probably to be around for longer. But I feel like this is Tree Living's last kick at the can. Yep. And it's been, like, it's a huge fucking kick at the can. And it's almost like he was threatened with his job. And then he went out and did all this shit and it's been great. But if it doesn't work, then I feel like he's out before Brad, but yeah, Yeah. they're both locked up for basically you and I both think, you know, three years is basically our window. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe four, but that they're locked up. Well, not Brad, but that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sutter's agreed. locked up. Agreed, and and you're right. You know, this summer Brad was kicked in the nuts, but he absorbed it very well. Yeah, <laughs> right. and you know what's amazing to me is how much we've talked about in the past, and this hasn't really been talked about even online, uh, which surprises me. But we've talked about a lot in the past how ownership doesn't let the GM do his job in Calgary. Right. But what happened this offseason? I I feel like they allowed him to do his work. For the first time ever. Or maybe, do you think he 
stood up for himself and was like, listen, you don't let me do what I'm supposed to fucking do. So sit down, shut the fuck up and let me do my job. In in maybe not in so many words, but I would say, well, actually, you know what? Maybe in those words. You know, I feel well, like right? he was like, like you said, he was kicked in the nuts. You have right. to say words like that when you're kicked in the nuts. That's fair. Yeah, that's no. fair. I mean, it's been a topic in this city for decades, right? Of how the decades, yeah. has has not allowed GMs to to do their job, which is like, why would you have a GM if you don't allow them to do your job? Like it's just it's stupid. It makes yeah. no sense. And no, absolutely. As, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Like, as as much as Murray Edwards likes to think that he knows hockey, he doesn't fucking know hockey. Mm-hmm. He's a fan. He knows the business of hockey, but he doesn't know the game. And I feel that. like what Tree Living went up and said to manage or to ownership this offseason is exactly what he stood up or what he should have stood up and said to management. When the was it Jason Zucker trade didn't happen because it was like because they didn't allow him to do it until it was like a minute after the trade deadline and then and then the paperwork couldn't get through in time. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I don't think that Zucker would have been a a super make or break for this franchise at the time. Me neither, uh, but, but I, if you I, look at it. We wouldn't have had the cap space for James Neal if we had Jason Zucker. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. So the day that was signed, that was not a mistake. No, no, and so, I'm like, you right. know, I'm adamant about that. Yeah the uh, the the one thing, and and I'm you know, if if that's truly what happened with with Brad and 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 talking with ownership, um, it it had to have. It had to have followed a serious situation. Yep. You know what I mean? And losing two guys in your top line in that fashion is a serious situation. So I, I yeah. Think, and like, like, like if Brad goes to the ownership and says, fuck you, you're not allowing me to do my job because of Zucker. Ownership's no. going to be like, okay, anyways. Yeah, no, no, I work. know what you mean. But, but, but it, in it, this situation, it's completely different. And so if he was able to do that, or if he did do that, it would actually hit home better. Right? I agree with that. But I don't think that the Zucker thing was really about Zucker. To me, anyways. Zucker, I think. But anyways, I don't think it was about the player. I think it was about the fact that he had to go through multiple layers of fucking ownership and that cost them the winger that they were looking for yeah at the time that's right yeah then that's fair yeah yeah. that's fair because it wasn't about who the winger was it was it's the the principle of not letting him do his fucking job yeah no exactly and and i agree with that 100 percent. all i'm saying is that if Brad would have, it wouldn't have hit home again. Yeah. The ownership would have been like, so what get back to work. Right. Yeah. Where now like losing a player like Johnny Gaudreau and not getting a single asset for it. Yeah. Like that's huge. And then being forced, like, I don't think if honestly, if Bill Zito wasn't a fucking idiot, 
mm-hmm. I don't think that we would have got anywhere near what we got. No, like, any other <laughs> any other team wasn't offering two fucking stars and a first round pick and a prospect for Kachuk. As much as I love Kachuk, he's still basically my favorite forward in the league. Like, I I would imagine at least fourteen teams would have done that. You think so? Yeah, I. Yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's, one star and the first round, like not two still, stars. That wasn't two stars, right? That was. But the thing that is, was is, one he, star and one guy that had an incredible year, backing up for a star. Yeah, well, right? I think the thing for me is that it wasn't like Tree Living didn't ask for it. Zito went up. Like called up Tree Living. From what I hear, Zito yeah. called up Tree Living and was like, "Hey, we've got a package including Huberto and Uyghur." And Tree Living was was about to say yes, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, and a first round pick and a prospect." Like, and Tree yeah. Living was like, "Okay, I'm gonna sit that's, back and let you continue talking at this point because that, you're fucking." That, that's speculation, right? Oh, absolutely, right. Um, that being said, he, you know. Florida did have two players that they were trying to negotiate contracts, both of which were going to get pay raises oh, that, yeah. they, that they couldn't afford. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces there. Absolutely. I, I, I honestly think with, with Kachuk's age, with his team on, control too. Right. Yeah. You're right. Age team control, his, his on ice play, not necessarily offensive play, but just the way he goes around um, the ice, you know, he, he's, he's very physical. He's very dominant. Unicorn. Right. With his, and then you have his name. Like there's so many different things that I honestly think that there would have been at least, at least 14 teams that would have given the same thing up. Oh, same reason why we were all like, well, personally, I was sitting there when that draft was happening, like, Get Kachuk, get Kachuk, get Kachuk. It's not like I was, I had watched a thousand fucking uh, London Knights games. It was like, I know who Keith Kachuk is and I know Matthew Kachuk's stat line. And I was like, yeah, those two things combined, let's get this kid. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, In fact, I was like, let's trade up for this kid. And he just fell. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Exactly. So, I mean, I honestly don't think that that the return was was extreme at all i really I, don't i still do but yeah. either way um i think speaking the, of the, the return, potential the potential of that return right i think will be great because like, i don't like think said, i don't think Cedo was going to sign them both i don't like, think he, he, was he couldn't sign either right? well i think he would have signed well, I think he could have easily signed at least Huberto, as we know that mm-hmm. Huberto was waiting for that phone call. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but either way, we haven't yeah. talked about the extension yet. For Who's, Uyghur. For Uyghur. Is it six and a half? Six two five, I think. Yeah, six two five for eight years. Fucking beautiful. It's it's a great contract. Um, um, for for both, really. Like you were there as well. You think? No, I mean, like both player and friend and and. and I team. agree. Um, 
I want to give Tree Living a lot of credit on this because Uyghur proved to a point last year that he could be the step-in. Like, he, he stepped in for Ekblad to be the number one while Ekblad was hurt for, I think it was fucking 40 games or 30 games or something like that. Yep. And he so for around half the season, he was the number one defenseman on a president's trophy winning team. Right. And I think that 6.25 is cheap as fuck for that. Um, honestly, like I was ready for 7.5 to 8, and I was probably okay with that. I probably would have been like, okay, but. You know what I mean? Yep. But the fact that it's 6.25, it's long, but so are all the other contracts we signed this this offseason. Yeah. And one thing I really, really want to give Tree Living credit for is how well thought out it was. I don't know why Uyghur, Uyghur's representatives, who is actually his uncle, um, was okay with this, but it's a full no trade clause for four years, which is about our window in my opinion, I think in your opinion too. Mm -hmm. And then after four years, he's got a 10 team, no trade list. So there's 22 or more, depending on if there's another expansion by then. Right, there's 22 at least teams that he can be traded to. That is a lot of fucking teams, well, and exactly. a lot of teams could use a number one, two, or three defenseman. Yeah, and and, a, and at that at that point he'll be 32. Yeah, right? and and, and 6.25 in theory with the with the cap going up mm-hmm. is going to be fucking cheap, even for a 32 year old. That's in my opinion. And and I I've been saying this for many years. Brad signing extensions is brilliant. It's the free agents. <laughs> it's the free agents that he yeah. just kind of fucks up a little bit and overvalues. Yeah. Um you know, like not all of them, but he I mean he does kind of have a bit of a history with it, right? I mean, look at Hannafin, look at like as much as I I kind of shit on Hannafin a little bit he's still good and for his price he's better than his price that's right Lindholm is twice at least his price Uyghur is from what I've seen anyways probably two million more than his price that's right it's a value contract but when you give it when you give it for eight years it makes teams especially from a from a player like Uyghur that was just kind of you know, forgotten about and thrown to the wolves and traded after having that kind of career year in that situation. Yeah. Having a team that comes to you and says, I've got eight years, I've got $50 million to give to you to stay with my team. Yeah. That it, it shows a lot, you know, it shows a lot for the player as far as the franchise being Calgary, you know, obviously they want me. So, yeah. So you're willing to take that, you know, potentially million dollars off instead of, 
you know, writing out your contract and then going and signing a six year at seven mil because yeah. you're making less money overall. Yeah. And it might be a little bit of a bad example because it's ten and a half million dollars, but it like Huberdo essentially said the same thing. I signed a extension with Calgary because they wanted me, because they traded for me, and because he I, I was listening to a I think it was 32 thoughts with him. I can't remember. But anyways, he was like, you know, the fact that Brad went to Montreal and, you know, what the jokes about the Boston pizza dinner or whatever, but like the fact that Brad actually went and took him out for dinner and got to know him, didn't talk extension at that point, but like he traded for him. He went and got to know him and the city want one of them. And it's the same with Uyghur, right? Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. To be wanted, right, is is a huge under. Um, it's undervalued. It, I think it it is. It, it's it's a big thing when it comes to to any player, right? I mean, when when you don't have a, a you know a fan base or say a third of a fan base and and certain members of the media trying to run you out of town. It gives you a better feeling about what you're doing. <coughs> just, yeah. Right? Fucking Eric. Um, but anyways, that being said, it was like the best thing that ever happened to it. So, I mean, I don't want to thank the man, but yeah. do better. Anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a big thing, right? It really is. For the psyche of a player, I mean, they're, they're still reasonably young. I can say that because I'm obviously older than all of them. Um, I'm older than them, too. <laughs> That's terrifying. If you're older than the players, I mean, and you're kind of on the cusp of, of sensitive, I mean, of, of that age. And, <laughs> and so, and so you, so you understand what I'm saying, right? I do. Have, having a I'm team the that, same age as Michael Backlund. Let's just say that. So I, I'd be almost retiring if I was good at a sport. How does that make you feel? If you would have applied yourself when you were younger, you'd be getting ready to retire instead of about to have a nap in two hours to go to work. Hmm. I I love naps. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I love naps too. <laughs> Cheers to naps. <laughs> <laughs> naps are great. <laughs> so, all right. So, so a couple of extensions. Signing or two with uh, players and staff, which is yep. awesome. Lots of stuff. Good news to report. You know what? It's it's been a it's been a fun off season. Um, obviously, it didn't start out fun, but uh, really good last couple of weeks too, and been a really good last couple of weeks for sure. Um, that being said, later on today, we have, uh, I believe, is it our opening game? That's tomorrow. Like, that's tomorrow. But of course, yeah. this is airing tomorrow. Right. So, so later yes. on today, um, on the 13th of October, we're opening the season up against the Stanley Cup champion, Stanley Cup Colorado champion. Avalanche. Kadri is going to have so much fun kicking the shit out of anybody he can along the boards, mm -hmm. center ice in the net 
I want to call you out on one thing before we go. Okay. Jack Eichel's going to lead the Vegas Golden Knights to the playoffs. He's, he's fucking, he's on a fucking next, he's on another level. He's going to, he's not going to be a hundred point player, but he's going to absolutely lead that team to a playoff berth. And well, even, even without solid goaltending. That's my opinion. They, yeah, they have no goaltending. Um, next Tuesday, he's on the 18th. He's going to have to keep his head up because he's facing the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got a couple of guys that, you know, love hitting guys mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's been proven over Eichel's entire career that he's really good at scoring goals. He's really good at Eichel. He's very good at Eichel. I noticed that last night too, actually. Yeah, he's he is he's a one man show. And if you ask him, he'll tell you that. He's he gets, yeah, he he's definitely a little too selfish. He does not give a fuck about his team. I don't agree with that he doesn't give a fuck about his team, but on the ice he definitely wants to shoot the puck more than pass. Yeah. It's it's like watching the world juniors in the round robin. It's the me show. Right? It's it's the oh wait, I'm playing against team Latvia. Yeah. So I'm just gonna carry the puck everywhere. I'm gonna shoot the puck. Not to pick on Latvia, at. but no. Yeah. I mean you could have no. said Slovakia. You could have said anybody. No. Right? But that's that's my opinion on him. He's he's very high on himself. He thinks he's the greatest player that's on the ice when he's on the ice. Um, I'm actually more looking forward to playing against his ex team next next Thursday on the twentieth. Buffalo. That team's exciting too. Like super. Honestly, I think that that trade is going to be beneficial for both teams. I think it's definitely beneficial for Buffalo, and it's already proved to be. Absolutely, it's beneficial. They they got a player that wants to be there. Yeah, let's just and, start with that. And and they were able to add pieces, right? Um, yep. Yeah, good pieces. And again, great trade for Buffalo. Um, but I think that you undervalue Jack Eichel as a as an actual hockey player. That's yeah. all. I mean, don't get. I I do think he's a he's a hell of a hockey player. I just, I don't like his me, me, me attitude. And I mean, every team he's ever played on, they haven't made the playoffs, including oh, well. including an extremely stacked Vegas team that missed the playoffs for the first time in the one and only year Jack played for them. Okay, so you know where I'm going with this. I mean, I don't give a shit about his injury, and I don't give a shit about Stone's injury. Stone's injury, Leonard's injury. Fucking Petrangelo's injury, Theodore's injury, 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 Pacioretty's injury. They didn't have a fucking team, buddy. Well, they don't have a goalie this year. Sam Leonard is injured for the year. Did you watch last night? Like Logan Thompson isn't an elite goalie, but he's a he's a one B probably. That's gonna be the issue, right? Vegas requires an elite goalie. Because they don't semi and great... Varlamov to Vegas. 
they they don't have they don't have reasonable defense. <laughs> yeah, they do. Who? Petrangelo, Theodore. How old is Petrangelo? Thirty-two, thirty-three, maybe. Yeah, and um, Theodore Zach Whitecloud is very underrated. I I don't uh, Braden I don't McNabb, think, like I don't think Pat, I don't think Pat could make our team as far as defense. I don't think who? Uh, Petrangelo. I don't think he would make our team. He would absolutely make our team. I don't think so. I don't think so. But anyways, personal six opinion. six shots, two assists last night. Just saying. There you go. Head of the West. Not that not Vegas. that I judge, you know, defensemen on their points, but that's Petrangelo's role as points, right? right. Is he's he's a he's a Shillington esque player, but he's better defensively than Shillington. Yeah. Which is not saying much, but you know, yeah. He's also an ex-captain of a Stanley Cup winning team, so yeah, that's true. Anyways, yeah. why are we talking about Vegas? Because <laughs> uh, you wanted to call me out about Eichel, and you haven't yeah. proved a point yet. About... Well, I did. Okay. <laughs> well, you proved your point then. Anyways, so tonight we got Colorado Saturday in Edmonton, Battle of Alberta, eight p.m. Can't wait for that either. Flames are starting off the season against some pretty top-notch opponents. It's going to be a true test. Be fun to watch, I think. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, also to note, and it's funny because you know I said Thursday, and you, and you said Wednesday. It's almost like I'm Pat Steinberg, as Pat Steinberg uh, reported today, being Wednesday, that uh, Markstrom is. Sick, sick out due to injury or sorry, due to illness um, today for practice on Thursday, um, to which he did own it on, you know, own it himself on, on Twitter. He took the loss on that, as he says. Um, so hopefully Marky can uh, get through whatever he's dealing with. If not, I have full confidence in Darth Vladar starting up on Thursday. I have no Colorado. problems with Vladar playing back-to-backs to start the season to be honest nope Maybe. even against edmonton and and uh, colorado I, I if if there's one way if you want to if you want to show what you're made of why not do it against the defending stanley cup champs and then the oilers with the high flying offense so if markstrom starts or sorry if markstrom's sick do you think they bring up wolf and play vlad one and wolf the next i don't because there's a, there's a day in between yeah, but they may bring Wolf up to sit on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that that's my thought, right? Because yeah, I, I, I think I think Vladar is ready to go. Hundred percent, he's ready to go. And I, I think that it's almost a blessing that he's playing against Edmonton. Because let's be honest, Markstrom's fucking borderline yeah. AHL backup against Edmonton. Yeah. So then, yeah, so he's get, elite against everyone else. But. So if we can get so with the scenario that's happening, we're going to potentially have Ladar starting against Colorado, and then on Saturday against Edmonton, and then Markstrom can play four games, right? And then on 29th, we can have Ladar starting in Calgary against Edmonton. I mean, I think that's 
a brilliant way to set it up. I like it. Let's do it. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Armchair GM podcast brought to you. Another by quick 20 minute episode. The Hockey Podcast <laughs> Network. Um, <laughs> don't forget to uh, download episodes, smash the subscribe, hit the like, you know, make sure you're uh, dinging the notification bell just so you know when we're coming on next. Thanks for tuning in. From Dylan and Chris. Cheers. cheers.